Hello everyone, it's Paul Newbegin here from the Past Podcast with some very exciting news. I am absolutely delighted that Series 5 of the Past Podcast is brought to you in partnership with our wonderful friends at Chefworks, who are our sponsors last time round as well, so it's great to have them back. And as you'll know, they are famous for outfitting chefs, kitchens and front of house all around the world. Chefworks offer a collection of great uniforms, so to check out their full range, you can visit chefworks.co.uk. Thank you again to Chefworks, and it's great to be back for Series 5 of The Past Podcast. Enjoy! Hello, podcast fans. It's your host, Paul Newbegin here. I bet you nearly forgot about me. I bet you thought we were done, but we're not. There's life in the old dog yet, as they say, and this episode is with the wonderful Ellie Wentworth. Enjoy. Hello. <laughs> hey, so, sorry about that. We're, we're both running a bit, well, I'm especially running behind today, but you're doing a, you just heard me, you're doing a quite exciting event today as we're, as we're recording. Yeah. So, uh, how, how did that, how did that event come about today that you've been doing? Um, yeah, so it'd be nice to do a pairing with uh, Sulk and Jim. Um, they came to me to do an event, so I decided to do it obviously in April. It's a good time, spring. And we're doing a five-course menu with Jim paired on the side. And then each course I go up and ask, um, introduce my dish. And then through the night, we've got bread and canopies, uh, salmon as a starter with oysters, halibut with a bear blanc lamb and peas and mint so it's really nice goes with the weather but the weather's a bit rubber style today <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got um a cin- baked cinnamon tart with pineapple sorbet that will be paired with monica's new gin that's just gone out oh nice yes yeah, yeah, so that's a pineapple that's... with pink peppercorn so you can infuse that in the sorbet and then the um, cocktail will go on side yeah that's a quite a nice little uh tie-in isn't it with uh, with the MasterChef connection to have Monica's one as well yeah it's only just been released now so I think it's really good and it's on the it's, well it's out at the moment so I think putting that in with the Angel MasterChef and the dessert I think it'll go down nicely well she came, she came down and saw you didn't she because we watched well we were watching you lot on the uh, the first time they've done the sort of return of the of the MasterChef pros, and she came down to visit you, didn't she? Yeah, that's right. So the rematch was on the 28th of December last year. She came down in October. Um, we were filming then. She at three courses and looked on the kitchen, and you know <laughs> we had a little chat after, and she went. And yeah, it was really nice to introduce her to Dartmouth and for her to come and look at the restaurant. Really, which were you more nervous about doing the competition or having Monica poke around your kitchen? I think it was the <laughs> looking in the kitchen, I think. I've, I'm used to the MasterChef bit. Um, you know, I was, that's a year gone down the line, I must admit. Like, walking back in the kitchen, you still get the same feelings and pressure. But really, it was just to promote me and the angel and the chefs behind me. And we worked really hard in a month to get it together. So when MasterChef came, they could see what the uh, beginning of the angel was. And now, six months down the line, I think we've achieved a lot. Yeah, because it kind of, I was obviously been following your 
career since you were on MasterChef and stuff. But I was tr- I, f- I was trying to work out, and I, I think you must have been really quite new into the Angel when Monica came down to to record. Yeah, exactly. I won't lie. It was l- literally as soon as I left Lucknow, the week after I was in London filming, and I had a week off as a holiday. You know, everyone does that as a chef. I think they have a week in between new jobs. <laughs> I was on. I was working. I was in London filming. And then that weekend, I came in just to sort of oversee the brigade and introduce myself. And within that Tuesday, I was here full time. So, and I've not looked back. And you know, to try and develop the team to my style of cooking, I, you know, I think any chef can say, but it's really hard to learn and teach a different skill. And they've really adapted well. And I think I've, I have a really solid team now behind me. What was kind of the the thinking behind the move? Was it just a kind of case of kind of right time for you to start to do your own thing, or you know what were kind of the, your reasons for wanting to sort of put your um, name out there, if you, you like? Know, I, I always give my time to each chef that I work for, and how let me do Master Chef in two thousand sixteen, and he was hundred percent behind me, and the whole team were. Obviously, it takes a lot of me away from the kitchen, so getting back in the kitchen. It was fun, and I wanted to give my time back. Um, always, there's opportunities always available as a chef, and you get asked, "Would you like to work here?" And I knew it wasn't for me, and I always talked to Hal about where could I go. Or and the angel popped up, and um, as previously I've worked with one of the bar managers a long time ago when I was younger, and that came up, and um, Matt, my boss now, and. He said, could you come and have a look? And it was just literally having a look at the business. And if I knew of a chef, rather than me looking at it the first thing, obviously I came down and I did come down four times before I even accepted the job. Um, I think taking a new role is, is a really hard decision. You need to make sure it's right for you. Is the team right? Is the location right? And can you try and make that business as successful as you can? So coming down, I think, with Joyce Molyneux taking over the reins for 18 years and having the first Michelin star in the country, and everyone knows what, you know, an ambassador she was to the industry, and she still is now, I think my my boss at the time wanted to take that back and see if women can control it and make it as a destination restaurant. And asked if I could and what my input was. And obviously at the time it's quite, you know, intriguing and you're looking in, can you make it work? And now six months down the line, I wouldn't change it and it's probably the best decision I've made. I think, you know, all well, certainly myself as the as the viewer of the programme, it the setting and just looked so idyllic and so I I suppose it's not it's not hard from that point of view to kind of see where how that could inspire you and push you on and you know kind of make you want to do different things and what have you. Yeah, I think obviously having Joyce in in the past, it does it. You know, she made this such a destination restaurant, and every chef or every uh, guest came from around the country. You know, London, you know, Southwest, East, and you know, we're getting that now. We're having parties of. 40 and I've got a celebration coming up next week and it's a lady from London and you know it's you're making that interaction with a, a wide range of people across the country and they're coming purely to see me and eat my food and you know that's an achievement in itself and was 
Tooth Down was, you know, when I first started, I wasn't busy at all. And it was, you know, it's winter. Dartmouth is very seasonal. And to get where we are now, where we're fully booked lunches and din- dinner, is it's amazing. Yeah, and obviously, I suppose, you know, what interests me about that as well, and what interests me, especially when you get a chef like yourself, who's, you know, taking over a place for kind of the first time, is you you can now sort of decide on what your food is going to be. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I, when I was looking around for a job, and I, I obviously accepted this in May last year, and I left Lucknow um, the end of August, um, I started here September the 11th, I was already writing menus, and it took me two, um, two and a half months to try and... Not just, you know, it's, it is the location, so you need to think about where everything's coming. Well, Brixham's across the water, so my fish comes straight to the door every morning. My meat is literally walking distance. I walk to, to the butchers in the town. I collect my meat every morning. Um, my veg is within 10 miles up the road in Totnes. Um, they have a potato farm. I use them. And I'm very lucky to say that most of my food that's on the menu is literally walking distance or you know, driving distance to go and collect it. So, you know, as a chef and working with suppliers, that's really important to me. Yeah, I mean, because obviously, like, I've spoken to lots of MasterChef finalists and winners and and from the amateurs and from the pros, and I always say it's kind of interesting, isn't it, because the public and everybody that's followed you already kind of feels like they know a little bit about what you're going to do. So, yeah, so some yeah. sometimes it kind of gives you a benefit, doesn't it? But then sometimes when you may be looking to either change or adapt or evolve or surprise people, it's also then harder because we've watched you, we've watched your journey. Yeah, that's yeah. I think it's as well as you know, I've worked for Hal for three and a half years. I worked for Richard Davies for three years, Simon Holston. So everywhere I've worked, I've tried and. Um, gained as much knowledge as possible from that chef and wrote everything down and I've learned different things in different kitchens and for me that's where I think I was quite lucky to adapt in the master chef kitchen because if I had a, a, um, a test and it was something that you know I didn't know I could adapt to it much more easily and I thought yeah that's fine you know I could do something like that and I just didn't even need to think it was like straight there 10 minutes on the paper and you had 50 minutes to cook but sometimes you didn't have 50 minutes to cook because by the time you spoke about your dish, it was, you know, 40 minutes. So you had to adapt to pressure. And I think I did quite well to that. And, you know, you gain more confidence in those types of kitchen and you move forward into your next one. So I've uh, I've interviewed Matt Healy in the past because yeah, I'm, I'm that one. oh okay because I'm Leeds based and he's Leeds based and obviously yeah. you know we were talking about his um, Master Chef journey and he obviously shouted you out and he shouted Gary out because I think the three of you obviously created a bit of a a bond a but I won yeah. I wondered from your kind of point of view what drove you to to decide to take part in in Master Chef. Um, to be honest, none of those sort of competitions at the time I was, you know, interested in. I, I seen it on telly and my old head chef at the time, Dean Westcar, did MasterChef. I just joined Lucknam and he did that when I was at the Manor. So I, I was always watching things like that and GBM, it, it always does fascinate me and think, wow, you know, fair play and it's, it's, it's pressure and the cameras and that can put any chef off, let alone trying to cook a dish in front of a lot of judges that you've admired for years and years. I think 
Um, my head chef at the time, Hal, put me on a little post on Facebook and said, you know, the applicants were out. So I looked on it and I took, you know, to even apply it. It's a long, a long interview or, you know, a long questions. And um, I thought, all right, why not? If I can't get in, I don't. But if I do, bonus, you know, I don't win or lose anything. So I entered it. And then within a day, the next day, I had a phone call. And they said, oh, thank you for your application. Um, would we be able to have a Skype interview? So I had a, and I was like, God, this is quick. So I had a Skype interview. Then I had to give them a menu, a full course menu, um, speak to them about why I like the industry, why have I become a chef, where have I worked previously, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that went down really well. Um, two days later, I got another phone call um, with a lot more questions. And then the phone, a day after that, I got a phone call saying I was on the show. Wow. And the Monday previous, the Monday after, there was that luck from filming. So for me, my journey started so quick. Yeah, yeah. I was in the kitchen within two weeks from that Skype interview doing my skills test. And at the time, you don't know, you could see there's maybe a few chefs before you, but I was the first lot of chefs to enter the kitchen. And it is, it's daunting. I was 23 and I thought to my head chef, oh, you know, what are they going to give me on my skills test? Am, am I going to be able to do that? So I went to the butchers. Can you, you know, remind me everything again just so I can, you know, not walk on there and remember something? But it was pastry. <laughs> and for me, like, I'm more based in the main kitchen, but I do know a bit of pastry. I've done it a lot of time before with Chris Tanner and James Tanner when I worked with them. And, you know, luckily enough, I could make that. And... It's just the pressure. I think, you know, it's not just the three judges. You've got about ten cameramen in front of you. And I think that was my first time I met Matt. Yeah. You know, from then, me and Matt were together. And, yeah. you know, we did the whole journey together. And it was nice to see two approaches. Um, Matt's from a different background. His food, that's what I like to eat on my days off. And when I'm not cooking, I want to go to Matt's restaurant and eat that. You know, I don't want to do what I do every day. And I think that's the same with him. Like, if he wants a night out with his girlfriend, here comes me. And it's it's a different variety of cooking, but everyone's trying to succeed in the same way. Well, and it was nice to see you both back as well. And I guess it's it showed how um, strong, you know, all the years are so strong, but it showed how strong your your year was that you had two of you be invited back. Uh, yeah, at Christmas Matt, time. I agree with that. I think, you know, what Matt's done, Matt did cooking for a long time and then he had a break and he had a few issues that he needed to sort out and for MasterChef, that's made him fall in love with cooking again. So, you know, he's just opened a restaurant and, you know, every single day there's, you know, something going on and Matt's opened something else and, you know, fair play to him to do that and the pressure you have to open a business, let alone open two, you know, I put my hats off to him. Well, obviously, now you're going to start to to experience things like that because, obviously, like you say, when when you start putting your your name to the forefront and as head chef and stuff, there comes kind of different challenges that you might not have, you know, experienced so far. So, you know, how are you, how are you finding that? Are you enjoying it? Is it coming naturally? Yeah, I think as a head chef, um, you know, there comes a lot more responsibilities. But I've I think in the last when I started here. Not only was I looking at the front of house, I was looking at my kitchen. You're looking at everything and you learn more about business than you do cooking. And numerous of chefs, head chefs before say, oh, cooking's the easy part, it's the management. And it's right. I think having a good manager in place 
and you know the head chef underneath and it goes down and down and down if you've got good structure you know any you can fight against anything and i think it's a true saying that you know cooking is the easy part and you've got the skills you've got the chefs behind you to help you every day and you know everything is about not just yourself like if i didn't have them i wouldn't I wouldn't be able to run the restaurant. I wouldn't be able to do 40 covers at lunch. I wouldn't be able to do that for dinner. I wouldn't be able to do that. Because I can only do so much through the whole day, and I've got to do. I've got to help everyone. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot harder, but I wouldn't have changed it for the world, if I'm honest. Well, I think, again, you know, from, from my experience of talking to to people who have you know recently become head chefs as well, they kind of say, you know, not only do you get the chance to sort of dictate your food which obviously you and i've just been speaking about but you get to also dictate how you're going to be as a as a kind of leader or or you know like you say the sort of head honcho if you like and i find that really interesting because you kind of it's a kind of double-edged sword then isn't it you're kind of really paving your way now aren't you yeah yeah, i think that's you know it's right like you take on a role and i've been given the reins i can do whatever plate of food I like. And obviously, I need to keep in the structure of Taste of Devon. We all know that not everything comes from Devon. There's a few certain things that you need to get elsewhere. But, you know, it's still the radius of, you know, 30 miles around Clumpton and back or Exeter, like, you know. But to be given that and, you know, if I need to put something else on, I don't need to go and ask my boss. You know, he gives me utter control of all my food and you know we've succeeded in six months and you know for us to be fully booked now and upcoming months that's a good sign so you know we're happy well i think you know and from from what i've seen and and like i say it's it's obviously hard for me to have tried your food being based in leeds and you in devon <laughs> yeah. um you know yeah. give, give me a chance and i'll work my way down there but yeah, that's you know fine. That's fine. from from my point of view at least and obviously you can correct me if i'm wrong it seems to me like you really just kind of let the ingredients sing and it's not kind of over fussy and it's just about the the flavour. You know, is that fair? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I've always been taught flavour is the key. And if you can punch as much flavour into one sauce, that sings for itself. That is the marry on the plate. So, you know, if you work on one key examples like the salmon and you know what's, what goes with that and you develop on that flavour, you know, it. that's all you want. You know, as long as customers are happy and they come in and they love your food, it's everything else, you know, that goes along with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, you know, ha- happy plates, ha- happy customers, happy plates, not yeah. not like that kind of over, like you say, kind of overcomplicating things. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I just do what I know best. And if I try to do something that I didn't know, then it's not going to work. And I could do something a bit more funkier or, you know, there's a lot of chefs out there. But that's how they've, you know, they've worked in a lot more places that do that kind of thing. Where, for me, I've worked under how and consistency, flavour and, you know, every plate is clean. That's how I've, you know, developed myself as a chef. And for me, I think that's, you know, the way forward. You know, simplicity is still there and, you know, everyone goes back to the basic classical flavours, don't they? Well, you've you've already kind of given us a teaser as to some of the sort of things that you're cooking for tonight's event, but I wondered, because we are, we are a kind of... Uh, 
let's say a, a dish or, or recipes or we talk we like to talk about food a lot on the podcast so I wondered if yeah, yeah. if there were some things you know some kind of standout dishes that you've been kind of particularly proud of so far in your journey that you could kind of talk to us about and perhaps the kind of process behind it or if there was kind of an interesting story behind why you use something if there's anything like that you can sort of tease us with well i think everyone's seen some of the dishes i don't know master chef um, some of them was influenced by chefs where i've worked from but the one that i always you know it's going to be my favorite and i think a lot of chefs know this uh, dean or how um it was the roasted duck breast with the turnip and the pistachio and how many times I did that plate up and, you know, Dean went and sat down and said, oh, what do you reckon on this? And do you think that's nice of that? And, you know, I changed it and changed it all the time until the finished dish was, you know, for me, there was nothing else I needed to add. And I've used this and I've I, it's on the menu. It wasn't me when I started. And everyone, like, comes up to pass, oh, chef, that was amazing. Like, how did you do that? Or, you know, and it was roasted duck breast, which so... um in the water bath for 20 minutes 58 degrees um let that rest then you rinse off the skin really really crispy uh thyme garlic and sea salt with butter so brown the butter off and let that rest then with your garnish you've got turnip puree so it's literally just white turnips um little naves um we used to poach in emulsion with sea salt and a little bit of thyme and garlic um you've got turnip discs which is in a pickle so 50 50 uh, vinegar, water and uh, sugar with a bit of coriander seeds and a tiny little bit of star anise. We pickled those four discs to order. You've had your roasted naves. Um, you've got little poached cherries. So with your um, cherry liqueur, I used to put some of that into my red wine sauce, reduce that down and that would glaze the cherries. Um, a pistachio granola that we used to make with oats, uh, pumpkin seeds, pistachios roasted, a little bit of maple oil, and some um, onion seeds through there. Uh, red wine sauce, as I said, with a cherry on the side and some um, choisum, which is a Chinese leaf, um, just to finish off as it was raw. But I did that dish with Dean in London two, three years ago now. It came up on Facebook history. I think most things does, doesn't it, when you do things like that? <laughs> <laughs> and we did a dinner event with Adam Hanlon, and I did that. Mark Simpson did another duck dish. But, you know, things that work well, you always take with you. And if it's something that many customers had in the past and, you know, they like, you're not going to change it, are you? I think it's consistency is the way forward, and you're always going to do well with what you've got in front of you. Well, I think um, my stomach started turning, I'm, like really rumbling. I was like, oh no, I was having to point the, the microphone away because it just, yeah, it, I just think uh, there's, like, you know, for me, there's following like your career as I have, like I said, there's just something about your food that I think a lot of people that are interested in food can really kind of relate to, yeah. I, I guess. It's, you know, like I said, there's nothing there's it's things that you think well there's no way i could do it do that but it's not like kind of out of this world if you like out of the what's the what's the word i'm trying to say like out of your thinking Fussy. almost you know yeah 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 i get what you're saying yes thank you i lost where i was trying to you know what i mean it was it was a compliment and then it sounded bad you know what i mean chef talk chef talk yes sorry i'm sorry so obviously like you say you know we're 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 kind of quite uh well you're quite new into your into your time now so have you kind of 
got your kind of future plan mapped out or are you just kind of letting it grow organically have you got kind of aims for what you want to achieve um, obviously i think every chef can write down on paper what they want at the end of their years or three years but it's, it's changing every day here so when i first started obviously you know i wanted the restaurant to get busier we've got busier now we've had devon life come we've had we're in, we was in crumbs magazine we were in olive magazine um i'm now just now i'm in trenchman so um i had a um two food journalists come and they um had a full course menu and we got scored so we got six scored 64 out of 70 so that's an achievement in itself and i think for the whole team it's just about trying to succeed in every possible way for Devon and every single chef in the kitchen. You know, mm. we're now in that. We're going to be cooking at Trenchman's, the first launch um, in April on the 29th. So I'm cooking the fish dish. I am doing the salmon and the oyster. I think that's a classic. So I'm going to bring all that into Wilkshire. So it would be nice to see my previous head chefs and work with them as well, as Richard is actually inviting me to cook. So, you know, I'm on, the, I'm on a different side of the past now if you if that makes sense yeah yeah um you know we're now there's a lot of opportunities for us and you know i'm going to enter into you know south devon tourism awards and hopefully get the team and me just you know looking in devon and you know it's every day is a new day and i think you know making sure that we're fully booked and uh, marketing in the right way um you, just, you don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, there is aims and goals that I'm trying to do, but, you know, for them, I'm going to keep those hidden. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, just try and succeed in any possible way. Well, you, you said there what I was sort of trying to say about the kind of classics, but then giving it kind of your interpretation. And that's kind of what I was trying to say just now, because I think, especially recently, I've observed as a foodie, there's people like yourself who are kind of realising that, you don't have to, you know, reinvent the whole wheel. You can use those classics but put your take on it. That's kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. I think you shouldn't mess around with ingredients. It's, they sing for themselves, you know. Obviously, there is twerky things out there, and I do, I really like that. And I like, oh, you know, I would love to work in a kitchen one day and learn those things. But at the moment, if you've got that piece of fish, I think that just, you know, you could... Sing, sing it out and, you know, roast off a piece of turbot with a really good sauce and some really nice sea vegetables. And that's, that's it. Happy days, you know? Mm. And obviously from someone, um, you know, like who's up in Leeds, very kind of, you know, metropolitan city and stuff, I, I wondered what's the what's the kind of what's the food scene like down there you know is it just places like you that is destination venues or are there lots of kind is there lots of competition down there or um obviously there's the angel um there isn't many restaurants in dartmouth you know i come there's you've got the seahorse next door and seahorse is a fish restaurant um it does have meat on the menu but it's all about fresh fish coming straight from the market on the bone you know on the egg cooking out um ribeyes on the bone and but they do extremely well for what they are doing but as a two restaurants together we're completely different and um, you know we're working together to try and you know help one of help each other and i think 
with what Mitch does, and he's got rockfish. You know, everyone wants to come on a sunny day and have rockfish and sit outside on the pier, you know? Mm. And, you know, I do something different, which is, you know, sitting down, but I think working together as a team, we do well. And you've got Chapel One, you know, they do fresh sandwiches, but there isn't many, you know, restaurants in Dartmouth. There's some outside, you know, you've got Lipster Manor, which is a drive away, or, and then you're heading into sort of, going towards Exeter with there's other you know Goodley Park etc but in Dartmouth I'm probably quite lucky there's only a couple of restaurants and we're right on the seafront where yeah. you know if you're coming off the ferry off Kingsway or Paynton or Torquay you you can literally see us straight we're literally right there that you you won't be able to miss us. Well, like you know I say, I mean? the the images that they showed on MasterChef, it just looked stunning. And I think, you know, it, it what I like about things like that and, and about things like yourself going down to areas like that is even myself who can considers, like, I research and where's the places and where's this, you know, it's probably not somewhere that I would have considered until you kind of shine the spotlight. So I mm. think that's really nice. Yeah, because, you know, we get there's a thousand in the summer. We attract a lot of people, so they come straight off the ferry. You can see it from you know because my kitchen's open kitchen, so it's a restaurant. You're sitting there having lunch. You can you can see everything. You can <laughs> watch people walking. You know, and you know how many people. If you've got twenty booked for lunch, you're not going to do twenty because the amount of people that walk past is an attraction. Yeah. And for me, that's when it's obviously Dartmouth is seasonal. That's when you're going to attract your, you know, most of your customers. But hopefully, for me, I want to try and attract it all year round to be as a destination, not just in the summer, just in the winter as well. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think I was talking to Paul Ainsworth about that and being in Padstow, and and he's saying very similar things. You know, when you get b- beautiful places like that, but the the kind of other side the other flip side of the coin is like you say you're you're wait when it's half terms and summer holidays you know you're going to yeah. be busy but it's like you just said there you kind of then have to go right how do we make this into this foodie yeah, exactly. so can we do so we're going to do like a supper club on a um a wednesday evening where locals could bring their own bottle of wine and we do a free course menu so for us to just we need to support Dartmouth locals and they come in and you know I've started to get a relationship with a lot of guests that have come and eaten up in the Angel since day one I came here and now so I've had you know and they're the they're the people that you know it's word of mouth and I think word of mouth is more of Dartmouth than anything than social media because everyone talks to everyone you know yeah, well, you know, everyone knows everyone in the town. And I think as well, you know, if you don't, if you don't mind me saying, you know, with a with a chef like yourself at at the helm, it's it's only going to be exciting times. And I think your talent shone shone through on on the Marsh Chef the first time round, and yeah. and again, you know, when you've just done it at Christmas. And I think to have a chef of your talent is it's only going to be amazing for the area. Yeah, I think so. You know, we are attracting a lot more people than. Like, it's a lot of, you know, people from London literally driving down to come and have, eat at lunch and see me and ask, you know, the same questions that, you know, most customers are always asking. But, you know, it is a story to tell. And I always take my time to go and speak to them or if they want to come to the pass and have a photo, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, you need to spend time and tell them your story because in six months time they'll be coming again for lunch you know yeah you don't mind being famous then (laughs) 
I s- everyone's going to laugh at this, but I hate it. I don't like my photos being taken. I don't like it, but, you know, people want it, and got to do it haven't you <laughs> well yeah and then you get people like me phoning you up and asking you all these questions so i'm very sorry no it's all right don't worry it's all right <laughs> you i'm waiting for a cup of coffee when i get back downstairs so it's all right right well I'll, I'll i will i'll let you enjoy the rest of your day uh but you know i've i've wanted to get you on since uh since we had matt um give you a big shout out and obviously wanted to get get you on so i'm, I'm really really yeah, happy that we've had yeah, you i think it's it's good and you know it's it's something different and you know Matt's doing extremely well and you know I must admit we've not had a we've not chat for a couple of months but that's what it is it's, you know it's not like we've disappeared it's you know that he's there and if you want to go up to Leeds I know I can get a table straight away and he'll look after me and vice versa I've been saying for months Matt come on down and it's like yeah I'm going to try but you're in the kitchen 24-7 and when you've got a day off you've got something booked like your car or something, you know, <laughs> something silly, you know? Yeah, you live a life as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you try and fit everything on a Monday and everything's closed on a Monday in darkness. No, I, co- <laughs> I completely get it because I get to meet so many amazing chefs now and sometimes it's face-to-face and sometimes it's like this over the phone and then you think, God, you know, I really love that chat. I must get down and, and see you. And you think, right, well... When on earth am I going to get down to, to, you know, to Dartmouth would be a great example. I know, yeah. But, you know, yeah. if I ever find myself in the area, you'll be top of my list and it'll be lovely yeah, to meet you. Yeah, definitely coming down. More than welcome to come and see sunny Dartmouth. Just I'd love today. to. It's um, not very nice. Well, it's a, it's a lovely day up here in Leeds, so I'll enjoy Leeds. And then when the weather turns <laughs> here, I'll, I'll flee to the coast. Yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And good luck with your event later on today. And thanks for being a guest. That's fine. Thank you for inviting me. Take My care. pleasure. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again to our fantastic series partners, ChefWorks. Check them out on social media. Just search at ChefWorks UK in Ireland on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Hashtag ChefWorksWearer if you wear ChefWorks and you want to feature or get in touch with us and maybe you can appear as a chef of the month. Now that would be really cool to see a chefy listener of the past feature as a ChefWorks Wearer of the month. That would be really cool. You can get in touch with me on twitter as well at the past pod uh, i am also the underscore past underscore podcast on instagram or you could email me with stories of best dining experiences perhaps celebrities and restaurants is always fun uh, i'm at paul at the past podcast.co.uk and perhaps i will grovel with chef works for an apron for our best email that gets read out on the show that would be cool you could have your own apron chef works apron that would be really lovely to see somebody in that uh, you can take a nice picture for us cheers guys and uh, we will see you next time around on the past podcast cheers thanks